My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good morning, everybody. Well, good morning for me. I don't know when you guys are listening. Apparently, a lot of people listen during the middle of the night, which is my middle of the night. So if you're up breastfeeding or with your kiddo, or if you're just in a different time zone, I see you. I go on on my app in the morning and I see you racking up my views like first thing in the morning. So thank you to everyone who is listening, especially those of you who listen like as soon as I put an episode out. You guys are awesome. Today we're going to talk about perinatal OCD and anxiety. And I know my very, very first episode was about OCD and anxiety in motherhood. And that's a popular one. You guys love that one. And so I, in that episode, in the first episode, I talk about OCD and anxiety as it presents itself in motherhood, meaning like after you've already had the baby, this one is going to be a little bit different because I want to talk about some examples about people and moms who are like in the pregnancy, in the pregnancy phase. And, um, I know OCD and anxiety can be really difficult during that phase too. And I don't want to forget examples during that part of everything. So. I will also be, in addition to talking about anxiety and OCD during the perinatal period, kind of the pregnancy period, it's also going to be touching on the first few weeks after giving birth as well. But if you want a more in-depth view of OCD and anxiety, not just during pregnancy or during the first initial stages of motherhood, but kind of throughout motherhood, uh, definitely check out that first episode. It's going to go a little bit more in-depth, a little bit more in detail and not focus so much on pregnancy. So first things first, if you are not aware, then OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, is going to consist of two parts. First, we have obsessions, which are just intrusive thoughts, ideas, images, or impulses. And they're intrusive in that they come out of nowhere. You don't really know what the heck it's coming from. They feel weird. They feel distressing. And then because they're so distressing, we normally engage in some type of compulsion or safety behavior. And the intention with the compulsion is to try to alleviate the distress that we feel from the anxiety of the obsessions. So a really quick go-to example, an obsession would be that you feel like you're going to drop your baby down the stairs, that you're walking around the stairs and you're like, oh my gosh, where did that, where did that thought come from? I don't like that. That obviously causes some distress. Sometimes it causes so much distress in moms that they feel the need to do some type of compulsion. So maybe they would try to avoid the staircase, whatever. So first things first, having a baby can be so stressful and being pregnant can be so stressful. There are just so many changes going on. 
so many hormonal changes, lifestyle changes, relationship difficulties, potentially a lot of stuff going on here. So I want to also acknowledge that it can be especially difficult at this time. These anxiety and OCD symptoms can really be difficult for people during pregnancy. If a woman has had a high risk pregnancy or if they've had a miscarriage before, or if they've had difficulty conceiving. So anxiety and OCD can rock anybody, but I do want to just acknowledge that women who have had or are having a high-risk pregnancy, or if they've had a miscarriage before, or if they've had difficulty conceiving, I do imagine that being a little bit, you know, difficult of an issue. So if someone has lost a baby or is legitimately at a higher risk of losing the baby, Obviously, it would be ideal to be working alongside a doctor and potentially even a therapist for these issues if you're really concerned about things. So it's going to be a matter of taking your doctor's recommendations into consideration along with your therapist's recommendations for things. You want to make sure that you're not overly checking the heartbeat. You want to make sure that you are checking in with your providers as suggested and not necessarily more than what is suggested, so on and so forth. So even though these women who have had these negative experiences may definitely feel like their concerns are quote unquote more legitimate and perhaps they might be more legitimate. I still don't want to preclude them from getting to the point where they can still get to the point where perinatal OCD can totally disrupt their lives and ultimately rob them of the joy of being able to enjoy the pregnancy and to be able to enjoy the baby. So I see this causing a lot of sleep disturbances for women too. Um, women constantly being worried about whether uh, whether what they're doing in their pregnancy is okay. Are they sleeping okay? Um, how are they sleeping? And are they going to affect the baby somehow? It's hard for many women in these scenarios, but perhaps even more so for women who have experienced a loss or are at risk. So just knowing that you, if, if you are in that boat, it definitely makes sense. Your experiences are valid, but you can still overcome that and try to reduce and eliminate some of these behaviors. So everything feels more enjoyable and more manageable for you. So as I talked about in the first episode, women experience this, this anxiety and this natural increase in a sense of responsibility. And I don't think that we experience that boom only when we give birth. We experience that natural increase in responsibility. I think the moment we know that we're pregnant, we are responsible now for this life that's inside of us and we're responsible for keeping it safe, keeping it alive. It's adaptive and it's evolutionarily wise for us and functional for us to be able to feel this increase to this rapid sense of responsibility. So We can't really necessarily get rid of that or help that. And I don't want to get rid of it. I don't want us to feel like the goal is to not be anxious or to not feel that heightened sense of responsibility because it's been adaptive to us to this point to have a little bit of that anxiety, to have that sense of responsibility. So in a way, these things can be helpful, but to a point, and then it starts to have the opposite effect. So sometimes our stress can negatively affect the outcome of a pregnancy. Sometimes the uh, the stress and and all of that, you know, then we're having a detrimental effect in that way. So that anxiety can help us, but only to a point. And then, like I said, it starts to have the opposite effect. And that's what I want to help some of you avoid if, if you can. So some of these symptoms and behaviors may seem totally normal to a new mom or a pregnant mom. And it's really hard for some women 
and even some doctors and some therapists to tell at what point it, it seems to be becoming too much. So really these things I think become problematic when it feels like they're starting to interfere with your life, when you feel like you can't turn it off and when you feel like it's turning more into a need versus a preference. So just like in other types of OCD, with perinatal OCD, there are tons of ways it can manifest. So I'm going to go over just a couple of examples that come to my head just quickly. So first and foremost, there's just heightened anxiety around contamination. So you might be more fearful of becoming contaminated or becoming, you know, poisoned or the baby becoming contaminated or poisoned somehow. And with this, you might engage in a lot of avoidance or washing of things. Maybe you're unable to let anything you consume or that comes into the contact with the baby be contaminated at all. So that can be really difficult for people. And this can really affect moms in an in, in innumerable amount of ways. So just because I don't list it here doesn't mean that it doesn't exist or that it's not problematic or that you aren't struggling. So these are just some examples, but by no means is this an exhaustive list. OCD can attach to anything in any way. So another way that it can manifest, though, is to just become worried about something that you did. Like if you locked the doors or if you left something on, if the baby monitor is working, you may constantly check their heartbeat. Um, if they're still in your belly you ha- and you have one of those machines with you at home, you may constantly check to make sure you can feel them kicking, you may seek reassurance from a provider you know, constantly being on the phone or on Dr. Google (laughs) and just constantly or repeatedly asking things and wanting to make sure that everything is okay. Google is your worst nightmare in these scenarios because Googling for reassurance is a huge issue. And it's a huge issue for people sometimes, um, especially when it comes to pregnancy and motherhood. It's just really easy and, and tempting when you're feeling that anxiety and you have that uncertainty and you are unsure of wanting to contact your doctor, you can just hop on Google and feel like you can find all the answers. But the difficulty is you'll find whatever it is that you're looking for, and you'll find a million other things that make you upset too. So another way it can manifest is becoming worried about something that you didn't do. Like, did you really see the baby breathing before you left? Should you have called the doctor about that odd feeling you had the other day or that little bit of spotting you had? So a lot of doubt basically just about the things that you either either you did do or or that you didn't do. So you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't with OCD. As a pregnant mom too, you might just also have disturbing images. So maybe thoughts of harming your baby or thoughts of someone else harming your baby. You might constantly think things like, what if? What if about your labor, about your delivery, if the baby will develop some type of condition or if something else will go wrong. And then there's just general perfectionism too, wanting everything to be just so, or wanting to do everything just right. So I remember when I was in my late stages of pregnancy with Eli, I nested hard for a couple days and it was pretty rough. Like, I feel like I needed to do this and I needed to do it right now. And, you know, there, I was pretty rigid about it, but it came and it went and it was a kind of developmentally, like time-wise appropriate thing. That's a thing that women go through and it came and it went. It, it, it was something that, you know, in the moment was really, really stressful. And I feel like I needed to do it a certain way, but then it left. And when perfectionism becomes a problem, it, it doesn't really just kind of come and go like that. Think of it as that typical nesting period times 100 in a way that you can't turn it off and it doesn't just last a few days. So really, it all boils down to 
intolerance of uncertainty, which is huge when it comes to pregnancy, right? There's so much uncertainty about the baby, about any conditions that they'll have, um, the experience of delivery and labor and all of that. And like I mentioned, you're struck with this rapid increase in responsibility. And especially if you're pregnant, you're left with all this uncertainty about the health of the baby, how things are. And even if you have frequent doctor visits, you still will have this day-to-day uncertainty of really how everything is progressing or how things are going to go. And this is where it gets tricky with medical doctors too and the medical profession too. And I'd love to think that medical professionals would be be mindful about OCD presentations, but the same way that in an OCD world, I'm most likely to see OCD symptoms, I'm sure it happens with medical professionals too. When they are presented with medical questions in a medical setting, they probably go right to medical solutions because it's what they know. So for instance, when a pregnant woman presents to her doctor with a feeling that she constantly feels like there's something wrong with her unborn baby and is constantly checking to make sure that the heartbeat is there, I would not be surprised at all if the medical doctor responded this way by saying, you know, what they think is best in this situation is to give reassurance by saying everything is fine, offering to check everything again, and encouraging her to do whatever it takes to lower the stress about the pregnancy, maybe even endorsing frequent at-home heartbeat checks. And honestly, that might be the best advice in that scenario. I can't supersede a medical professional without obviously being directly involved and understanding the nuances of everything. But obviously, from an OCD perspective, these responses would be detrimental because it's reassurance and they're ritualistic in nature. So if that person came to me not wanting to give medical advice, obviously, because that's outside of my realm of of expertise, but it would seem like reassurance to me. So I definitely feel like in these situations, it's ideal for a medical professional and a therapist to be as knowledgeable about the other as possible and to even work together. That would be the most ideal situation, I think. And these, these rituals from the doctors can make the mom feel really for a really short period of time. So the doctor will check you and make sure everything is fine. And that ends up being okay for a little bit. You go home and you're like, okay, cool. I'm glad that I asked about that. But it ends up not being enough. And you'll probably just end up needing more and more of it because that's how OCD works. And it's the same for perinatal OCD. I'm hitting the pause button quick to share with you guys a product that my family absolutely loves. Magic Spoon is a protein-packed, delicious adult version of some of our favorite childhood cereals. It's a healthy cereal that seriously tastes too good to be true. Each serving has about 11 grams of protein per serving, compared to those other cereals that only have one or two grams of protein per serving. Each serving also only contains three net carbs, compared to an average of 24 net carbs per serving with other cereals. Magic Spoon cereals are also grain-free, gluten-free, and free of artificial sweeteners and other funky ingredients. They have flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, blueberry, honey nut, and my favorite, peanut butter. Give it a try at magicspoon.com and enter Jenna Overbaugh, one word, for free shipping on me. Happiness 100% guaranteed. I heard statistics in preparing for this episode that two in 100 women in pregnancy experience perinatal OCD and that two to three out of 100 experience OCD after birth. And I think that's complete crap. (laughs) I think it's completely under-recognized and totally misunderstood. So I say that because 
I don't want anybody to see those statistics and be like, wow, well, I must be crazy. Or there's no way that I'm that one or two women in the out of 200 or the two or three women out of 100. Like, I think that that is just so underestimated. And there are some reasons behind that. So why I think that is so underestimated. So first things first is I think women either don't understand the question when they're being asked this or they don't want to say it. So with that said, I definitely am willing to bet that more women struggle with these symptoms. And I bet more women have clinical levels of these symptoms, meaning they would probably meet criteria for OCD if they were to be evaluated. Nowhere near one or two women out of 100 in pregnancy. It's just, There's no way. So a couple other things about perinatal OCD, just as far as expectations go and the timeline and, and if I have it during pregnancy, what does it look like for when I give birth? So you may have had OCD before or you may have had anxiety before, but you don't have to have had it in order to get perinatal OCD. So it's not like you're in the clear if you've never had these issues before. You can be completely functional, have never been an anxious person, have never experienced any OCD type symptoms, and you are still, you could still potentially get perinatal OCD. And again, one of the reasons is hormones are crazy at that time. Life is crazy at that time. Everything changes once you become pregnant and everything changes once you become a mom. So definitely not in the clear OCD and anxiety. They do not discriminate. And it can be experienced by fathers too. So one of these days, I'm going to get my husband on here and he's a therapist too. And he's generally a pretty open, open guy. So I'll have him talk about some of his experiences, which again, I think are totally normal for first time parents, just intrusive thoughts and, and all of that. So for instance, we would go out to eat. I remember when Eli was little we would go out to eat. It was our first time out as a family. And we went out to our favorite restaurant and the waiter or the waitress put us at this table, just the two of us. And with Eli, he was a couple weeks old at that point, maybe like six weeks or seven weeks or something. And under, we were sitting underneath this big like wall decoration and it was hanging from like the wall and also hanging from the ceiling a little bit. And it didn't look too heavy. I mean, it was it was obviously hanging from the ceiling. It was hanging from the wall. And he asked us to be moved because he had such bad intrusive thoughts about like the this thing, this wall decor item hanging. And he didn't want us to be sitting under it because he thought that it would fall and hit Eli. So again, these are just little things. These are little examples, but I want it to be known and acknowledged that it's not just moms. Dads experience this stuff too. We all experience intrusive thoughts. So other factors that could be at play here as well, as far as why or how a woman could develop perinatal OCD. First time moms definitely are more at risk, but again, you're not in the clear if you had a perfectly uninterrupted pregnancy and introduction into motherhood. So let's say you had no issues with anxiety or depression or mental health or anything during your first pregnancy and you go to have your second or your third, you may still get hit with it. It doesn't discriminate, like I said. Hormones, as I mentioned, are also definitely a contributing factor. Pregnancy is a huge time where it's just a whirlwind of emotions and hormonal changes, so it's definitely a huge issue here. And if you have had perinatal OCD before, then research shows that you are more likely to get it again 
but that's not a 100% thing. So if you struggle during pregnancy, it means that you are more likely to struggle with it again in, in a next pregnancy, in a subsequent pregnancy, but it's not 100%. So you could very well have ex- have struggled with it during your first baby and have a totally you know, functional adjustment to the second. If you already have or had OCD before pregnancy, pregnancy and having a child does have the potential to spark some perinatal OCD symptoms. So if you have struggled with anxiety and OCD in the past, it could, you are a little bit more vulnerable potentially. Sometimes it has no impact. It's just a a totally case-by-case thing. And one thing that I do want to call attention to is just because I feel like sometimes with perinatal OCD, the, the justification that I get from moms at times is, well, as soon as the baby's here, then I'm in the clear. As soon as the baby's here, I'm in the clear and I won't have to do these things. And it's like, no, as a mom, you're literally never in the clear. That's the, it's, so I don't want anybody out there to be justifying their perinatal OCD compulsions or or their rituals or anything that it is that they're doing by kind of, you know, giving them themselves this permission giving statement of like, I'll give it up once the baby's here. Once the baby's here, I'm not going to have to give into these things. Because it can totally turn into a different beast and an even worse kind of monster once the baby is here. Because again, we're never in the clear. If we're talking about uncertainty, we're never in the clear. Even when our children are 50 years old, we're never in the clear. Something could always happen to them. So just keep in mind, if you're acknowledging your symptoms during the perinatal period and you have the privilege and the opportunity to get help, it's the, a good time to get it so that it doesn't come into effect even more when you do have a baby. As far as treatments go, definitely going to be ERP. So exposure and response prevention is going to be the gold standard treatment for this. So you want to find someone who is trained in ERP, especially with mothers, would be best. So someone who can give the supportive aspect of treatment for the mothering side of things but also be able to do the cognitive behavioral therapy work to do the exposure and response prevention work with you to address the OCD and anxiety symptoms. So you can definitely learn some awesome skills in the moment while you're pregnant so that if it hits again in a subsequent pregnancy or shortly after giving birth or at any time, really, you'll have the skills you need to be able to implement the skills and then prevent any small fires from getting totally out of control. There are also medications that you could take. can't give that advice specifically, but just to know that there are options out there. So if that's something that you're interested in, it's not like I'm pregnant, so there's nothing or I'm breastfeeding, so there's nothing. So definitely be sure to talk to your doctor about this and and just know that there are, are things out there that you could do. There are, are ways that you could be learning more about this and helping yourself a little bit more if you feel like that's what you need. So As far as practical things you can do to try to address this or just acknowledge this, I would encourage women to take a look at the behaviors that they feel are a little bit overboard that they would like to start reducing or start eliminating. So it might help to start making commitments to yourself to start reducing or eliminating those behaviors whenever it feels challenging but manageable to do so. So for instance, if you are checking the baby's heartbeat every hour, Maybe try to reduce it to every other hour or three times a day, then two times a day, then one time a day, and then you can go week to week and then maybe only doing it at doctor's appointments. And if resisting something like this feels completely too overwhelming, then you can definitely play around with those things. 
play around with skills like reducing the rituals or trying to postpone it, trying to distract yourself in the meanwhile. It would also be helpful to, again, go back and listen to the first episode of OCD and Anxiety in Motherhood because I describe a process called RIDE, which refers to how you can handle these anxiety-provoking situations and feelings in the moment. So really quick, RIDE refers to this experience of anxiety when you are actively challenging it instead of giving into it. So just like you're riding up and down a hill, your anxiety is going to go up and first it's going to peak, then it will come down just like you're going down a hill. So at first you're going to do R, which is recognize the thought, recognizing that you're anxious and that you're experiencing a trigger. I is insisting that you are in control and that you're in charge to make the commitment to do something different. D is defying the anxiety and doing the opposite. So if you want to Google something for reassurance, resisting that and getting as far away from the computer as possible, and then really just ride the anxiety from there, letting yourself be anxious until your anxiety passes on its own. And then E is enjoying the success and rewarding yourself. So knowing that these behaviors are really difficult to change, they come full of emotion, especially when a baby is involved, but that you ultimately have this goal of wanting to enjoy your pregnancy and to be able to do it without as much exacerbated stress as possible. It will be stressful at times regardless, but trying not to add to that unnecessarily would be helpful in the pregnancy. And recognizing too that if you continue to engage in these behaviors, they're more than likely not going to stop when the baby's here. It's not like you can give yourself permission to just do these rituals and give into your anxiety because once the baby is here, it's going to be fine because you will have something to worry about. OCD will always latch on to whatever it can. So with that said, you have a ton of resources on my website. There's a ton of resources on my Instagram and on, on my other episodes in the podcast. So you have a ton of things that you can go and do and go back to for encouragement and distraction. So definitely come back to those resources to keep you going in the meanwhile. As for some other resources, some books that I know I've found helpful and that I tell other moms about all the time. These are two awesome books that have to do with intrusive thoughts, in particular during pregnancy and during the initial stages of motherhood. So the first one is going to be Dropping the Baby and Other Scary Thoughts by Karen Kleiman and Amy Wenzel. Dropping the baby and other scary thoughts. The second is going to be Good Moms Have Scary Thoughts, again by Karen Kleiman and Molly McIntyre. Good Moms Have Scary Thoughts. So, really awesome books. You can just get them on Amazon and they're great. I feel like the solidarity and just like instant validation that you guys will get from even just looking at the descriptions of them on Amazon and the couple of sample pages that they have is really, really helpful. I hope that all of this was helpful to you mamas and expecting mamas out there. Send it to a soon-to-be mom. Send it to a new mom. Send it to someone else who could benefit. This topic is just not talked about enough, and we really have to do all that we can to break that cycle. So if you're feeling overwhelmed at any point, just come back to this podcast episode. Listen to episode one about OCD and anxiety in motherhood. Maybe even go to episode three and practice respiratory control, which would be an incredible portable, super easy breathing technique for you to practice so that your parasympathetic nervous system can start to get to work and calming down your body's anxiety signals. So lots of resources here for you to work through. Just put me in your ear when you're feeling like you need a boost and you'll be good to go. Until next time, you guys keep doing all the hard things. You've got this. 
For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.